everyone and welcome back to no beer left behind tis me brian long time listener first time on the radio in like what two weeks for me yeah i think south south bend indiana just picked us up syndication we're going nine thousand hertz here out of north mm-hmm. texas i don't know if that's a lot i think that's about the frequency of a nine volt battery i believe I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, I'm here in North Texas, and I am... First off, I'm happy to be back, and thank you for joining us again. Uh, for me tonight, uh, I'd like to tell you what I'm drinking. A little e-juice from Rough Tail Brewing out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Or, sorry, Midwest City, Oklahoma. Don't want to cross up boundary lines and get in a, in a turf war between Midwest City and Oklahoma City. God. This is their Orange Creamsicle e-juice, and it is... Orangeous, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. It's uh, incredibly orangey with a little bit of vanilla. It's pretty good. I mean, I've almost crushed this entire 16-ounce can <clears throat> in about 10 minutes. So that's a positive. God only knows what the ABV is. We haven't put that on the cans. <laughs> Brian, you need to be very, very, very careful crushing a uh, full can of beer. That's... I mean, for most people, for the average person, yeah, I understand. They need to be very careful. But I am a professional. Children, do not try this at home. As a matter of fact, children, stop listening right now. It's highly inappropriate what you're listening to. Uh, Um, I I mainly meant, like, what do you do with a beer when it comes out of the can after you crush the can? um, Fucking drink it. I'm still going to drink it. I'm still going to fucking send it. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a truck with that bumper sticker on it. I was like, I don't know that I'd put that on your car. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you drive for? Yeah, and and then probably like a little like biblical like passage or something right next to it because truckers have that too. Oh, yeah. No. It was uh, Philippians uh, 4.12. Yeah, drive safe on (laughs) I-35. Hashtag, I'm still going to send it. All right, Frank in Austin Actual. How are you doing, buddy? It's been been equal amount of I'm time. Well, man. Yeah, we've got we've got a uh, episode between Parker and I that I felt was much more of a last call than an actual weekly episode. So uh, I think we'll release that this week. But we did record last week, so I guess I haven't been in the cat on the cast formally in three weeks. But um, there is one that I recorded last week that will be coming out this week. So. Um, yeah, doing well. I am enjoying this little bit of a heat wave break that we've got with some rain. It's beautiful. Wish it was more, but um, yeah, as it were, we're getting some good rain down here. I'm having the <clears throat> excuse me, the Seamus by High Sign Brewing. Seamus, have, have you heard of them? I have not. Is it an Irish ale? It is. Of course, it's it a is. Really cool label. Racist. <laughs> well, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so it's it's out of uh, Bastrop, Texas, and well, it's out of Austin on the Bastrop Highway. So okay, so I mean, um, it's it's from Central Texas. 
Yeah, it is. And it's not as though we needed more breweries. So this is truly my first taste of this brewery's beer. Uh-oh. Um, Big yeah, time. So I'll let you know whether or not they compete amongst any of the hundreds of shitty breweries we have here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he is he's gone. He has disappeared from the microphone. It was a cloud of smoke. Frank is nowhere to be well, seen. Okay, so here's the deal. An Irish red ale. Right. In my experience, is not supposed to taste like a cream ale. Hmm. What's, this su- what's it supposed to taste like? More like an amber. A little bit like an amber, but but like uh, hoppier. Does that make sense? So an amber ale and an American red ale yeah. or a red IPA. Those are all American versions of, of, of beers. So those are going to be significantly hoppier. Irish oh, red gosh. ales, however, are going to be closer to British styles. So more subdued in every way, extremely balanced, a little estery. So you have, may have some fruit notes, but they're going to come from the yeast. They're not going to be hop driven or uh, malt driven. Okay. Uh, it will be pretty malty considering the ABV. I would say the ABV is probably, if it's a traditional Irish red ale, it's around 5%. Yeah, 5.2. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like if it tastes like a cream ale, have you ever had, you've had Smittix, right? I've had Smittix, yes. Smittix is uh, a little maltier than than most like Irish red ales, but it's pretty, pretty I mean, the style is based on that beer. Yeah, I guess I guess I'll like if I compare it to Smittix, it's um yeah, I guess it's spot on. I I didn't I don't know, for some reason I had a different thing in mind here. But it's 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 not bad. It's a good beer. Um so yeah. High sign brewing, I definitely uh definitely enjoy it. It I is I just it is. was not expecting the Irish red to be so um I, it's a little pub ailey. Uh-huh. Like, that's that's exactly yeah. what it should be. Okay. It's I like it. It's, it's I just wasn't expecting it. So that's really why my response was so subdued. But it's good. It's hard to keep in mind it's it's tough for American drinkers to keep in mind when they hear beer styles that are very similar to uh American styles or even what Willem experienced uh a few months ago when he had that Shiner homespun cream ale. That's and a good one. He, he was expecting it to taste like a cream soda. Oh no. But uh, again, that's kind of an Americanized, like modern Americanized uh, palate perception, I guess, or preconceived palate uh, of what something's going to taste like based on a name. And it's it's hard to keep in mind and like keep style straight for people who, I mean, I, I, I know Frank that you are a a uh, professional drinker on this podcast, but. I mean, I can. I I bet that you'd have a hard hard time going through sixty four beer styles based off flavor profile, and that's okay. Like you're not supposed yeah, to. I mean, okay, you're not so supposed to off, remember professional everything. Professional drinking is a sport. Is <laughs> a sport that's probably beyond my capabilities. But the 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 uh, I go with like tried and true, right? Like I I know what styles I like. Um. And I'll taste those styles from new breweries if they make them. If they don't, then I'll venture a little bit, but not too far. 
Right. Um, especially down the sour path, because I know I can have half a sour beer and have heartburn for like four days. So, um, <laughs> Irish Reds is something like, like Killian's is an Irish Red Ale, but it's not a good example of one. So, I, just, I expected a different flavor, but this is good. I, I'll give him credit. It is good, and yes, there are 64 flavors of, or 64 styles of beer I mean, technically, out there. Technically, there's like 132, but 64 is what... Uh, certified Cicerones would be tested on. You know what I mean? And it's probably the ones that are produced. Like, they are. In scale. They are. So, uh, now, if you go to the Brewers Association, they have like 300-something styles, and they're just placating over there. But if you go, I mean, it's it's similar to wine. Like, wine, mm-hmm. there, there are, <laughs> it sounds stupid, but there are over 64,000 different uh, types of wine. Now, that makes sense. That so, sounds like a reasonable number. <laughs> well, oh, it, uh, types, sorry, not wine, types of grapes. Oh, and yeah. as a result... There's a lot of unexplored wines out there. There right? are so there's it's it's kajillion yeah. style uh, possibilities out there, Frank. I I did the math. It's a kajillion. It, it, well, I mean, but that's that's why. Like, I don't. It, what I was my reaction was based on the fact that I was expecting something, and then you corrected me, which is fair. I I should have been expecting um, Smittix, which is one of my favorites, and. If I was expecting Smittix, this is a better version of Smittix. I was going to say, it's probably it's not fresher. on Nitro, though. No, uh, Smittix, I have not actually not had Smittix on Nitro. I imagine it is even better. Uh, but it is Smittix, better, by yeah. the time it gets here, is, it can be a little beat up. So if you but can it's good. get your hands on a... This is a little fresher. I, I'll say this. If you're, if you're going to go check out a local brewery and they have an Irish Red Ale on... Don't expect Frank's experience. <laughs> do do not expect Frank's experience. Uh, Irish Red Ale to a lot of new breweries and really small breweries is a catch-all term that is thrown onto any beer that did not turn out correctly, that turns out a little bit red. They'll call it an Irish Red. Mm-hmm. Um, That's nine, unfortunate. 903 Brewing out of Sherman, Texas, has a... I don't know if they still make it or not because I stopped buying their product after my experience with them. But Ruse Red Ale is a red ale, they said. It tasted like, I want to say, wet dog and dried asshole at the same time. I do believe you you normally refer to that as diggity dog shit. Diggity dog shit indeed it was, Frank. (laughs) Uh, but it was one of those like you you hear you know some phrases that new breweries or smaller breweries turn out, and they're like like anytime you hear Belgian ale as a generic catch all term, you're like this is gonna taste like shit. Can't wait for this. <laughs> like it's just like they they aimed for something. Some brewer out there really tried to make something that is an acceptable style. Didn't turn out that way. So they're like mm, Belgian. We'll just call it a Belgian. So Brian, yes. Um, <clears throat> before we introduce our mystery guest, mm-hmm. we're all uh, waiting. so we can wrap up the topic before we go back to the topic. He has no idea what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> on, I'm sending you the link for the reviews on the Seamus on Beer Advocate. Okay, and I'm not the only one that has this like foolish expectation. But once you once you described it correctly, it it would rate higher than what these people are rating it. Uh, um, yeah, because. You don't expect it to be sweet, but you should because it is Smittix. Like it should be Smittix, and as a result, it it like is perfect. Yeah, like toasted oats, perfect for the style. 
And that, he said, oh, I had to make sure because it did not match his style. So there is a bastardization of red ales going on in this country that mm-hmm. needs to stop. Yeah. Uh, um, now, the part where he said that somebody down here gave it a 2.9 out of 5, which sounds way harsher than it actually is, just so we're all clear. It's the the way Beer Advocate rate has their beer ratings. Like It's almost impossible to have anything over a 4.5. So. Tastes more like a honey blonde than an Irish red. Lacking the requisite, the requisite undertones of toastiness and amber malt. Get the fuck Absolutely out! Absolutely not accurate. Get the that's fuck out! That's not accurate. I, I don't. That's I don't. all I taste. It's toastiness <laughs> and amber malt. That is literally all I taste. And then it says <laughs> artificial fruity flavors, and he spelled flavors the British way. Are obvious. Like first off, nope. dickhead. Uh, okay, uh, not, not true. an Irish it's just red. Not true. But rather more like a light, more in line with highlights, fruited blondes. Okay, well, I yeah. will say as, this: as soon as, as soon as soon as that man said, um, or lady, I don't know, said, um, "Toasted oats." Toast, yeah, not not noticeable. Yeah, yeah. nope. Sorry, yeah. you're wrong. You have a terrible palate. Get right. <laughs> there is there is the possibility that these people are drinking this beer on someone else's draft lines, and the draft lines either have not been cleaned, they had another beer run through it, or the keg is pretty old. The other thing to think about these that that style of beer is that it's pretty light, doesn't have anything to really um, help it stand up to the test of time. So even local examples that are a couple of months old will taste very different than a fresh example. Just keep that in mind. As well. No, I'd, that's why absolutely beer advocate and absolutely beer but what I, make me sick. What I will say is, is it it is not. Um, how would I put it? It's not bad enough to warrant anything under the, like a three and a half. <clears throat> okay. It is. It is plenty good for a three and a half. Nice. Because I've had some really really bad, like. <laughs> um, bastardized Irish red ales. This is not that. This is this is damn close. Nice. Well, uh, I have poured myself an Alo Ich Bin Berliner Weiss from uh, McKellar. And this, I had this a few months ago. I mean, probably a year ago at this point where it was like passion fruit, whatever. Pretty damn good. But now this one is cone blueberries. So it's a nice purple drink. Which leads me into my next guest, the king of all purple drink from Tulsa Actual. Building him up so to make sure his microphone is off mute and he's ready to go. It's Willem in the house tonight. Willem, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm dandy. Uh, how's it been since we last spoke and uh, what you sipping on this evening? Uh, it's been pretty good. Hung out with... I, I don't know if you guys have talked about this yet, but have not. Uh, <clears throat> Frank and um, Frank and Beans, no, <laughs> uh, Frank and Parker, same thing. And Troy on Saturday, we went golfing in the morning. It was great. Check out the NBLB story. Brian like pinned it so you could like yeah. go see how <laughs> terrible we are at golf. There's a particularly a- funny one of like a boomerang of. <laughs> one of Troy's shots that I really like. He looked like he was hitting a driver from out from out from underneath a tree, <laughs> from a dirt patch, and just kicks up a shitload of dust. You see the ball leaving the frame. You can just tell he just topped the shit out. Of it. 
I did also, if you uh, go to our uh, No Beer Left Behind Instagram account, at No Beer Left Cast, you'll also see a very special portrait, which apparently I flew in just to take with the fellows on the ninth tee box, I guess, or wherever <laughs> it was, yeah. in classic No Beer Left Behind fashion. <laughs> Oh, I'm tagged funny. as a bag of trash on the T-Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it did take me about half the day to figure out exactly why I was tagged as someone <laughs> in that photo. I was like, well, that's dumb. I mean, I don't... And then I hit the... I did the little tap, and I saw what part was tagged, and I was like, oh, that's why it's all <laughs> off-centered, and I'm a bag of trash, <laughs> which is great. I mean, it's hilarious. That was a nod to when you did that to... <laughs> Frank in that one picture. Except I did that to Frank on his wife's personal Facebook page. Yeah, that was was gold. (laughs) Really funny. And it was one of those things where, like, you know, it was hidden a little bit unless you, like, scrolled over the picture and saw where everyone was tagged. Yeah, there were only two people visible in the photo, but there were three people tagged in it. And you're like, wait a second, what is that all about? Also, they took a picture just, like, with a bag of trash, like, in frame. Like, Nothing. I feel like they were asking for it at that point. <laughs> All right. Hey, quick question. Yes. Um, so if I'm on Instagram, how do I check the tagged or pinned story? Uh, well, are you on your phone? First yeah, of all? you have to be on your phone. Something. I'm on my phone, yes. Okay. So if you go to our profile page, you'll see yeah. uh, like all these little circles. Uh, up at the top above all the photos those are the pinned stories that we've done so we've got mblb does oklahoma homebrew hop jam barley wine is life and a new year which i'll delete the new year this week because it's little past date wait so it's like from your new year yeah it's from the new year but it's hilarious because you get to see you get to see the mayhem that is my neighborhood Anytime there's a celebration, and it's just fucking fireworks 24-7, which, get ready, because I'll be home on the 4th of July this year, so old man Angry Brian is going to be sitting out in the front yard just yelling at people, lighting off fireworks in the street. Ah, dude, you just got a dog, didn't you? I did, I do, and guess what? He does not like thunderstorms at all, so I'm... not going to be fun. I'm assuming that he's not going to like the full-on professional fireworks show that about half a dozen people in this neighborhood put on. Yeah, that's going to be torture for him. Fuck. Yeah, so I, I have come to notice over the past three years with a dog that is... Earl is very much like that. If you... And it's going to sound stupid, but take your um, wireless speaker, Okay. put it in the room where the dog is, wherever you put the dog. You need to put the dog in a cage, unfortunately, but put them in the room where, the, where they're going to be at. Turn that speaker with EDM music <laughs> that you're able to listen to. It sounds stupid, but it works. Okay. I promise you this works better than any thunder cloth you're ever going to find. <laughs> Um, especially if you're going to be up anyways, turn that music up to a reasonable volume to where you can't like have a comfortable, you have to kind of yell to have the conversation. That dog will never know that fireworks went off outside. Yeah. I mean, the deal is our house is pretty well, I mean, it's resilient to sound. The issue for me 
is the number of fireworks candies that fall down into my yard, and that just really pisses me off. Uh, so that's really the drive. We're really, yeah. We're digging in because I'm thinking about getting maybe like a giant. Like, Man, you know, that took nothing. There was like yeah. no follow up nah. question there. He just like not spilled nece- the beans. Not necessary. I'll get right to the point. Ridiculous. Uh, I'm thinking about getting one of those like uh, insecticide sprayers, those backpack sprayers, putting that on, maybe like a little four or five galloner. And then just, you know, walking around the neighborhood, and anytime I see people lighting off fireworks, just soak them down with water real quick before, like, when they light them, just spray them down. Like, oh, sorry, guys. No fun here. Huh? Huh? Or maybe just people downwind. No fun zone. Yeah. (laughs) Or upwind, I guess. Upwind of me. Either way. It's going to be ridiculous. So, but you are in an unincorporated town, right? Yes. Which means no rules. Like, it is goddamn anarchy. It does. So Brian, I'm drinking yes. a Santa Fe Brewing Co. Is it the IPA? Uh, pale ale. Uh, oh, Santa Fe, Texas, right? Yes, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Texas. <laughs> Established in 1988. I feel like, well, really? Back in 1988, we set up some old equipment in a horse stable and brewed the first no, batch of Santa Fe. this is the story of Jesus of Nazareth. It was a hoppier New Mexican spin on an English-style pale ale. Today, we still brew this beer the same way. Just kidding. Now we use giant steel tanks and computers. <laughs> wow, Willem, I think you missed your calling as being their, uh, their ad reader. <laughs> you just crushed it. If you, if you go out and find yourself buying a Santa Fe... Brewing Co. Pale Ale six pack because of what you heard here tonight. <laughs> you post that picture on Instagram and tag our sorry asses. You can rest easy, <laughs> but we will not be sorry. We won't be sorry. We won't be sorry at all. Uh, Villem noticed you're eating something that looks very, uh, very Taco Bell. Taco Bell esque. Yeah, <laughs> is that yeah, the Crunchwrap Supreme? It's actually the reason I was late tonight is uh, we did a late night, uh, or not late night, but like last minute Taco Bell run, and everything went great. We were, you know, it was well-timed. Well-timed. 15 just, minutes late. <laughs> no just big. past the quick trip, and then the uh, old TPMS came on. Uh, I've been having a slow leak in one of my tires, so I had to turn around and end up being kind of a pain in the ass to get back to the QT. And. uh QT yeah. for those people. And then the in... pump sucked. Like, oh, was it the was tip? It was all jacked up. You imagine? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like pretty bad. It, you had to have it on the thing just right. Otherwise, it would just like Dude, completely miss the mark. Like, Dude, I've seen you. At all. I've seen you complain on tw- on the Twitter tweets uh, to QT about their free air. Which honestly, one of the coolest parts of here in Texas or Tulsa, really, because not the rest of Oklahoma has them, but North Texas or Tulsa, and you need ga- like air in your tire, go to Quick Trip. It's a great place to go. But the issue is, you can't guarantee that every Quick Trip has a working freaking tip on their yeah. air pumps, which sucks. Because if or, you really need or, it, what? If you're in Austin, you don't have Quick Trips. So. No, you don't. You have. But what you were saying, Ryan? What, really I, what I was gonna say is, uh, have you found? Have you had luck like tweeting at them and being like, "Hey, fix yeah. this shit." Yeah, I've actually had a lot of luck with it. So, what, the one time, like the day of, they fixed it. Really, that's pretty I good. Tweeted at them about it. They asked the location. Same day, it was fixed. I went by there the same day later in the day, and it was like I was able to use it. 
I mean, listen, if you, I don't know. I like to do my own work on my car. I don't like to take take it in and have other people do like menial shit to my vehicle. So something as simple as like my my tire pressure monitor sensor goes off. I'm like, okay, like I can I I know how to fix this one. I got this one, guys. Everybody, sit back and watch me work my magic. Air up your tire. <laughs> yeah, air up my tire. Like something you <laughs> literally do with a bicycle pump, and I'm like. But when you go to do it and there's nothing there to like the yeah. the one piece of equipment that you need to do it is broken. You're like, God damn it! Or it's like a total piece of junk. Yeah, yeah. There's this like, 66 out on uh, 75 North that's like on point. I mean, like it, you set the pr- it's free. You set the pressure and uh, put you know like start pumping. It'll pump your tire up and then cut it at the pressure that you want. Yeah, it's free. So- so that's another thing. Seven Elevens down here have done this uh, system. It sounds like what you were talking about. Basically, you set the tire pressure like on the system itself, right. and then it, you hook the hose up, and it just airs it up till it hits that pressure, and then it turns off. Well, the issue is with those Seven Eleven pumps down here is you have to pay for them, and it's not like a twenty-five cent charge. It's like seventy-five yeah. cents per tire. And in yeah. the big scheme of things, if you're pro capitalism, sure, why not get your seventy five cents seven eleven but in the big scheme of things, don't be an asshole and just provide a service that is st- if I could put a valve stem like receptacle on my butthole and fart into my into my tires, I would do this myself like, <laughs> it would not take I would not ask anyone for any any help yeah uh places that charge for air i I don't know how you don't see the like the capitalism draw of like, oh, I'll come use your station more often if you provide me with services like fucking free air. Oh, and the free sir and the 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 real uh, socialist service of providing a safe space like Quick Trip does. Which, uh, if you're not familiar with Quick Trips in Tulsa and North Texas, they're actually safe places for uh, people who are in trouble to go. So say, I don't know, you've been fucking kidnapped. Uh, if you go to Quick Trip, all you have to do is just let them know, like, hey, I need help. And the police patrol there regularly. They'll come by, and uh, Quick Trip will actually, like, help you hide out from whatever danger you're in. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but, I mean, shit. It's what's got me, like, it's what's, Quick Trip's earned all my business that way. Yeah, it's pretty, it's like um, the way the fire stations do. Yeah, Same thing. Ex- exactly. And they're, uh, it's also, so it's like for, it's, I think it's mainly for domestic violence type of situations. Right. Know, or like stalkers, stuff like that. But you it's, just don't feel safe in general. But still, it's something that, yeah, they advertise it and maybe other places do it as well, but you can't be guaranteed. <clears throat> oh, you know what is pretty cool about Quick Trip? They give cops free coffee and donuts, which encourages them to hang around quick trips. Yes, that's very true. D- double if you uh, pull over a person of color. Yeah, they'll actually oh give you a God, slurpee. Right. Then, mm-hmm. thanks, thanks for doing God's work, sir. Give a little reach around. Give you a uh, pack this episode is brought to you by Quick Trip. Should be. Dude, if you haven't noticed, now could you imagine? If we get a corporate <laughs> sponsorship, stop it, goddamn! <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> I like their taquito rollers. <laughs> taquito rollers at Quick Trip, two for four ninety five. Oh shit! All right, so um, we should cover this weekend because we went to 
Heirloom Brewing Company. Heirloom Rustic Ales. Heirloom Rustic Ales. <laughs> there it is. And I, I, I always go with Brewing Company if I don't know, because yeah, half the time it's right. Heirloom Rustic Heirloom off the cuff. That's Rustic what we're going doing. Rustic Alley. So um, how was so, it? What'd you think of it? Yeah, fantastic beers. Sours, though. Not my favorite. But uh, wait, they're not all sours. Uh, the ones we ordered were all sours. Every single uh, one of them was a sour. <laughs> well, they're not all sours. Well, they're just open fermented beers. They have they're more uh, like funk and hold, kind of that kind of stuff. Hold anything that's open fermented is probably had the introduction of uh, Acetobacter and uh, Britannomyces thrown in there because yeah unless it's- okay fine. but like and i get that but so they might have some kind of sour to them but they are not like when you say sour you mean like the main flavor note is like sour and that's just not no not it's not accurate it's not accurate yes i would agree they're not a farmhouse ale that like no they right. are no they that's that's exactly what they are is a farmhouse ale no i'm saying they're they're sorry what, what's the what's the so i've had they're not the, a lambic just, brewery sorry lambic that's the one I was thinking of. Yes. So, the uh, the what was it? We had a we had a pink one that I really liked. Hibiscus. Um, there was a hibiscus ale that was very good. Um, then the wife, because I can't do like too many sours, had a uh, a stoutish porter that she really enjoyed. So. If she enjoys anything that is made in a sour style, that says a lot about that brewery. So I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was fantastic. I I enjoyed um, Cabin Boys. Is that right? The most homoerotic of all breweries yeah. in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's it. Cabin yeah. Boys. Uh, they have very good beer. Their their Belgian triple is phenomenal. Um, so definitely recommend them. I, I'm not a big enough fan. Brian, you would love heirloom because you, you really enjoy that style of beer. Um, out of the two, I enjoyed cabin boy more only because I'm not a fan enough to try enough of the, the sour or the open fermented, um, funky beers. beers. So they were both fantastic though. And I will, I will have to say in, in, in my neck of the woods, we have um, nothing like Cabin Boy at the moment. We only have one, and that's that's Owl, um, Blue Owl. That's like Heirloom. And I think they're probably going to stay similar in that they won't go very far outside of Tulsa. <clears throat> Guys, um, I don't know if you can hear what's going on in my fucking neighborhood right now, but I'll give fireworks. you one goddamn guess. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, you should just be glad we didn't go to American Slayer because those those like, would have fucking wrecked your real life. Sours. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to... I mean, and, and that's what I'm very clear on. And you've heard me say this on the cast a lot of times. I cannot do. Sa- I understand what like the flavor profiles are, and I understand why people like them. I just get three days worth of heartburn from like yeah a beer. You, you're really sensitive to it because I don't think there's a beer at Heirloom that would be traditionally considered a sour. That's just my like take on it. No, not in the Jester King. Like, even Blue Owl has more sour beer than them. I I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would totally agree. But they are still a sour because it's open fermented, and you you can taste a tartness to them that isn't in a normal ale. 
Yeah, okay, fair, yeah. But, but it's not an accentuated factor. But this guy at uh, Heirloom has really gone for it with the uh, the funky sour beers. Like, I, I've... I've gone there a couple times. I like the environment of American Solera. Did I say heirloom? I meant American Solera. Uh, I, I like American Solera as a whole, but like, I cannot do. Like, I would never buy, you know, a six pack or like a bomber of some American Solera beer. That stuff just tears me up. Like, so you know, uh, American Solera does do other non sour stuff. Uh, they're they do a lot of barrel aging, uh, of course. Yeah, but yeah. So, but so then that's like super like expensive, heavy in and of itself. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, they did a they did a barrel aged triple. It wasn't heavy, but it was like sixteen and a half percent alcohol. So I feel like they don't used. do a lot of beers that are like easily consumed by me at least. I was like, gonna say I, I can't just like relax and drink an American Solera beer. I have to like be present because that shit is like hard <laughs> uh there there's a few that i can do uh that i can sip on there you have a had a norton sour ale that was really good that it used oklahoma wine grapes <coughs> which i mean i'm i'm guessing that's really the only thing that oklahoma wine grapes were good for was using them in a beer uh, but it was it was a sour but it was a very gentle sour it was like yeah. a dark red um, yeah that's they do have some cool colors too it to was it was really good but uh, Frank, I'm sorry, I went to go check on the dog, which I didn't have to look far far because he was curled up against the door because he's damn fireworks. Um, uh, but you you said that uh, blue blue owl and their sour beers, they only do sour beers. They do sour mashed beers, so yeah. every single one of theirs is going to be super high, super high acidity. <laughs> but um, so the the cherry stout that they make, I think it's called the Professor Professor, or Professor Black. Of that nature. Yeah, Professor Black. Yeah, that one I can have multiple of because it's not it's not quite sour. Right. And I don't know if it's because of the style. The other ones, yeah, it's the same thing. I go there, I taste one at a time, and then we leave. Like I, I can't have more. I I will walk to. Um, well, they're in the same parking lot as Blue, um, not Blue, uh, fuck, they're Blue Owl. The the other part, there's like a brew pub right there in that parking lot that's very good. The, um, there's a there's a thing that, we walk to. that more and more brewers should be doing that Firestone Walker Barrel Works does, and that's put the TA, the total acidity, on the bottle. So it's a way of measuring how sour something is going to be based on like a number. So just like you would IBU on IPAs to see how bitter something is. So the higher the IBU, the more bitter it is. Um, you can take a guess on what you're getting yourself into. Firestone, Thank God. Firestone that is Walker, so necessary. Firestone Walker is starting to do that with their barrel works, their soured beers. So a beer with awesome. a TA of six is pretty approachable, but a TA of nine is almost out of this world because it's also a, like a... I don't know. I, I took a whole class on it with Jeffers from uh, Firestone Walker, and it was really cool. He taught us. He basically let us sip straight citric acid, <laughs> which shit. is not as like it, it's weird because uh, it, it basically like you figure out TA based on uh, parts in the solution uh, and parts of what type of acid in the solution to give you a total acidity. Anyway, he goes all through that and and. and 
he's the one who who decided to put it up on the labels. And I think that's something that more and more brewers should do. Can they do it? Probably not, because it's a really expensive process to test the total acidity of a beer. Uh, but if you're going to take the time to make an, a, 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 a super acidic sour that you're going to sell for $25 a bottle, just take the fucking time and do it. I mean, yeah. No, but I mean, you can at least give me the pH. Well, that's, well no, okay, so pH doesn't necessarily give you total acidity. That's the thing. That's that's the that's the calling point here because beer in and of itself has a pretty low pH anywhere between four to five percent like four to five pH yeah but there's a range there isn't there like an acidic beer has a higher but or pH lower. is like caustic you, yeah like. it doesn't tell you the 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 actual acidity the tartness the flavors that you get out of it it just gives you the pH of the beer so the pH of a beer could be pretty mellow but the total acidity could be out of this world because it's what you're tasting. I don't know about that. I'm gonna have to test that theory. Right. T- test it um, up. And let me know what you find. Get some so, pH strips in here and pour some blue L and. Okay. So the last one, ones. the last place we went to, uh, before was the Willows Family Ales. That's true. We did how go was, there. How was that? Because I've only had a few of their beers, and it's very reminiscent of Prairie, old old Prairie. Yeah, so I got first of all got to be honest, uh at that point we were all pretty beat like we had golfed for hours and then we had gone around to a couple other breweries like and it was goddamn hot out. So take it with a grain of salt cuz I barely remember drinking that beer, but <laughs> nice. I enjoyed it. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> I I had kombucha and the kombucha was phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, the you, beer is good. I've I've only been there twice, and both times I've liked them. And they have like a really cool vibe to their tap room. The guy was super nice. They had just gotten broken into, I guess, like that week or something, or the previous weekend. Um, and oh, we had yeah, we had a dark saison from them, which was uh, very good and didn't taste at all like what I would think a saison tastes like. Well. It was fantastic, and Willem, um, you and I had a pretty good battle going at golf, which was awesome. <laughs> Did we really? Well, I mean, like, you would win one, and I would win one, and then yeah. Parker would win like he was going to win one, and then I would <laughs> And then Troy, God, poor Troy, man. We took, we really, like, uh, well, Did y'all have Troy money? lost all his money. <laughs> Did y'all have money riding on this on this golf match game? Uh, yeah, so we did. We played skins, which two dollars uh, a hole. So, and the way skins work is that every hole you pay, you know, each player is paying X amount for the hole, and then whoever wins the hole wins the pot. And you just that, it's per hole as opposed to like the whole game. I played something similar in my trip to Amsterdam. We went to the red light district. Okay, they said you pay for holes there too. Mm, Turns mm, out we weren't playing golf. Hello. Hello. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was really fun. I was I did incredibly well, like for having not played golf if in I, a long time. If I, I don't say I so myself, like shit. <laughs> I played like shit, but I hit some good feeling and good looking shots that I was not expecting to hit. So no, he didn't. He didn't play like shit. He had a, you know, when you like get back into golf and you shank a couple shots, right? Um. Yeah, that's really all that happened. It's it's actually like Willem and I have played golf since we were I don't know, maybe ten or twelve. 
I think I was younger and, than ten when we started playing golf. Yeah, and we we've never had this issue of like shanking the ball, like mad slices or mad hooks, right? Um, which has been pretty fortunate because that's never been our issue. Our issue has always been like hitting it too far, mm. not being able to like putt well enough. Oh, my chipping. putting is terrible. That's that's really always been so. So when we get back into the game, like we're both doing at the moment, it's yeah. it's a bit of practice, and then we break ninety, and then you move on. And we never really try to get much better than that. Um, you don't want to show off because that that I can wow. imagine is very frustrating. It's not showing up. Get... It's just like we're used to playing cricket and shit, and it's very similar. Like the the swing in golf is pretty similar to the take back in cricket, so it, it makes it a little bit easier to. Like keep the club yeah. head like straight. You're just kind of used to doing that. I know. I yeah. think Big Sean's saying something about that. Like last night played golf, but tonight I pulled back or something like that. You know what I mean? Cricket That's right. Golf. That's right. So I've also <laughs> also great. I, I also have this issue where like just I'll I'll do pretty well at the start, but then just as I get more and more tired, I just do worse and worse. I mean, it was to the point. I think I five putted a hole like the end there, where I was just like, "I'm not picking up." And you I really pulled a <laughs> really pulled a Phil Mickelson there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, uh, the, so the other part, he also played with my clubs, which is the first time he did that. And I have a. Have you ever used a milled grain putter, Brian? Yes. So they have a very small sweet spot, but when you hit the sweet spot. It goes like it a, is like, like the a piss, a piss and it's rocket. like the it's like the truest putter out there. Yeah, if 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 your speed is right, it's always right. Um, so the, the, the Willem a couple times would hit just off the middle, and it's like you lift your head right when you're like getting back into it, and when he hit off the middle, the thing would just go a fucking mile, and he barely touched it, and that is kind of like the milled. It's the it's the milled grain putter. It it has no forgiveness, but when you hit it right on that line, it'll it'll be the most accurate putter you've ever putted. I use the old Odyssey White Hot, son. That's where it's at. That's mm-hmm. that was, that's fifteen years ago technology at its finest. That's mm-hmm. that's where it's at. If you're if you're looking to get back in a in, in a golf, by the way, do go with used clubs. That market is hot, and it's the only way to buy a golf club. Well, yeah, I'm not going to spend $1,700 on a set of blades that I'm just going to suck with for a good year <laughs> Dude, and a half. That's where you start, man. You start by getting the nicest, most expensive clubs you can find. Is that it? <laughs> everyone, that does, everyone with money knows that. That seems counterproductive. That seems like, okay, so I find myself watching a lot of random YouTube videos, and one of the rabbit holes that I can go down is... Uh, is it worth it videos? I don't know if y'all have seen those, but <clears throat> there was one that I watched on cook- uh, wow, cooking knives or kitchen knives. And uh, they, t- <laughs> they, were, they were showing A or B, and then the, do- the knife expert would go through and tell which, which knife he thought was more expensive. Long story longer, homeboy pulls out a serrated knife, and one is, this is like a Damask, like Damascus, like folded hand pounded hand forged steel blade this shit was $3100 for a fucking oh. serrated knife holy shit he was like this thing is beautiful you're probably never going to use it <laughs> 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 it's like the most incredible thing about 
that I see that you see is like people shelling out insane amounts of money for clubs and then they get they fucking hit the ball and their swing is just like atrocious. They're just Charles like Barkley. So fucking bad at golf. Like like impossibly so. It's like they have to try to be this bad. <laughs> like you're fucking with me, right? So uh, like literally no part of golf is intuitive to these people. I grew up, but they have like five thousand dollar clubs. I grew up uh, basically playing on the little municipal course in my hometown, and from like really really young. <clears throat> and uh, there was this guy that my dad always played with, who was a doctor. Oh my god, he's a doctor, and he had the worst golf swing I've ever seen in my life. My webcam is not working right now, or I'd show you. But just picture, uh, you know how Nomar Garcia Para, the baseball player, would like reattach his batting gloves like a million and a half times. Uh-huh. Picture that in a man's backswing, and that's what no. he would do. He would pull his club halfway back, and then it would go back down halfway back, and then no. it would go back down three quarters of the way back, and go back down. And then he would do this whole thing where he would just like push his hands forward like he's in the through swing, but he wouldn't hit the ball, and oh. he'd come back and reset, and then he would address the ball. And I remember the first time oh. I saw it, I just go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 my dad turned around, I was like, "God damn, shut up!" I'm like, "Well, he's swinging like an asshole." I was nine, <laughs> and I could already tell, like, this dude's a fucking ass. Anyway, wow. and he was mediocre no, I mean, at best. I'll be honest, like, I, I've i always seen the game of golf is just fun, and it it is, like, I, everybody gets mad on a golf course, but at that point, you're, like, making a choice. Oh, yeah, and yeah. The, ones, the ones that go completely off the reservation that I guess expect that they should be at like uh, I don't know like uh, Skarnuski or whatever playing the British Open it's <laughs> um, a good word those are the people that you're just like okay um, yeah there's probably a lot of hurt there in your life that needs to be <laughs> before you step on a golf course like, were you not loved enough was it by your dad or your mom? What was it? Who was it? Who didn't give you a hug? You know, young kids, like, you get frustrated, and then it it just, like, is part of being... If you're 30, 40, nay, anything above, like, the age of 27 when you already should have, like, been pro <laughs> at something, if you're still in that passive, like, maddening attitude like i guess passive maddening attitude like easily uh disturbed or whatever <laughs> then you just <laughs> yeah and we've all been there i mean like no no judgment everybody's <laughs> no, throwing a fucking like club a constant, into a lake right? like you, you met the people True. who just get like they get lit up by the fact that their their ball in a par three went wide left and you're like listen buddy how often are you out here doing you know jordan Spieth's out here daily well, like, and they never, yeah, they never like uh, change their mindset about like it's okay or you know like like I'm just I'm, I just am playing it for the fun. Like they get no, mad every single time. There's no reality <laughs> yeah. check to the world yeah. that they're living in. Like, hey, asshole! Right. <laughs> like you, you give up the fact that you are not going to be fucking rich. Oh, this Keller, this right? club is <laughs> fucked up. Oh, it's not the sixty pounds you put on since the last time you played. Good <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> you know, the other the other part that's like that's funny to me about golf, and I, I hate for this to be like a no beer left behind and golf podcast, but it's not. The, trust me. The other part that's hilarious to me about the game of golf is 
you've got these individuals who will go out and pl- they'll pay 300 fucking dollars around to go play Pebble Beach or St. Andrews or whatever. And they're dog shit. Like, they're not good at all. <laughs> You're just like, you fucking suck. Like, <laughs> hand me your $300. Yeah, I'll tell you what it was yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, he played St. He played St. Andrews, but he could have fucking walked it. Like you didn't actually need to open up any any golf club to that beating. Like, hey, just, I, I went I, I went and walked Southern Hills when the uh, the Open was there uh, there in Tulsa. It's a beautiful golf course. As soon as I stepped foot on it, I was like, there's no way in hell I would ever play this golf course. Because <laughs> it would be exactly. a waste of $200. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would like to see how well I can score on, can I break 100? Like, it's, it's, it, it, yeah. can, I break, can I break 150? I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't understand. You understand there's a reason why there are only, like, 200 PGA Tour cards out there. Like, yeah. you... Suck. <laughs> you ain't Don't it. step on the course of like the greatest legends of the game and expect to do anything. Um, and then you can't even fucking clear the creek right in front of you for the tee off. So why are you here? You're all like, fucking. Why are you here right now? You're not ten cup. Okay, you're not gonna walk onto the tour at forty two and make the cut. You're not gonna do it, Brian. I, Brian, I like a links course. What can I say? Uh, do you? I'm sure. Listen, I, I uh, you know what? Golf courses, <laughs> golf, not private golf courses, kind of piss me off a little bit. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Just the private ones. Yes, I I don't know why they piss me off. Even when I was actively playing a lot, private courses still pissed me off. I don't I don't know. I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. I don't know why you would pay astronomical sums of money to play only one course yeah. all of the time. I don't fucking get it at I all. I mean, again, I don't know. I I think it's a not a great in, you know spend really, but uh, I guess I can see. Like, I've played a really nice course. I got invited to a bachelor party uh, this past year. Oh, is that the one you played in Minnesota? Yeah, and it was like up in uh, Brainerd. It was called. I forget what it's called, but it's like if if you don't know anything about Minnesota, Brainerd is like you're getting kind of like up toward the North Woods, and yeah, it's like it's fucking a, gorgeous. It's a Jack Nicholas designed course, and this course is like nestled within these like woods and stuff, and like is so it like Tory Pines? Torn about all this shit, right? Because like golf courses are a huge money suck, and like water, you know, resources, and then you're like. Kind of like fucking up habitat and shit for a golf course. They're also a fucking tax haven for rich people. Yeah, but yeah. like playing on that course, it was amazing. Like it, it's far and away the nicest course I've ever played on, and it was like is breathtaking. Really. Dude, there's some there. Okay, so Oklahoma has like I don't know I, from what I remember when I used to play back in the day in the early two thousands. Um, they have like equal numbers of impressive public courses to private courses, like Southern Hills. Yes, it's a private course. It's amazing, but like Romano's State yeah. Park Golf Course in like out west of Oklahoma City is fucking gorgeous. It's a death trap to play in the summertime because there are rattlesnakes everywhere, but it's gorgeous. Like there are some ridiculous public courses in the state of Oklahoma. And that, that that doesn't exist down here in Texas. If you're there, 
there's actually a really good podcast on this very subject about just kind of like golf courses and some of the uh, impacts that they have that you don't really think about, like, you know, obvious ones like uh, re- like water and habitat and that kind of stuff. But there's also about like there's a golf course in, you know, New York City that takes up a ton of land that uh, gets all kinds of tax subsidies and shit and, you know, like essentially doesn't pay land taxes. Malcolm but- Gladwell does a podcast. Yeah, revisionist history. Yeah. So he did a he did a podcast on uh, a, a, a walk ruined or a long walk ruined. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was it episode. was about it was Holy about shit. uh golf courses in LA, country clubs in LA and how they changed <laughs> Frank's favorite subject. They changed uh property tax uh law for California, the state of California, and basically locked into a 1% property tax value. Uh, in from, perpetuity. In perpetuity. Until you die. Yeah, well, until, until the country club changes hands over 50% majority. and Which is way fucking 100 years from now. W- no, no, no. It's not even 100 years from now. It's perpetuity, like you said, because... Uh, the way they ruled on it back in 2010 or something like that, uh, they talk about it on the podcast, but they were like, well, the number of, of, uh, country club memberships, like those memberships have changed hands over, you know, over 50% like have died at least <laughs> since 1976, but they keep the person's name. No, they don't keep the person's name. They just changed membership names altogether. And the L there was like city of Los Angeles lawyers. Uh, ruled against it. They were like, "Yeah, no, that's not how it works in country club memberships." And what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was just kind of that bullshit. Like, no, nope, that's not happening. You're stuck with it. So they have. Well, all, it's the same. They t- they talk yeah, about having all these like public lands that are that are locked into a ridiculous property tax that are being taken up that that have like an astronomical value for L.A. County and Orange County. You know, we've talked about this before. On this podcast, do you have an episode number? Um, I don't remember. I can't. I can't recall. But you remember when I was talking about the Hollywood Hills homes that they can pass <laughs> down their property God. tax rates. <laughs> this is the same shit. I didn't know that they did it with the golf course properties too. But yeah, yeah, it's it's fucked up, man. Like these people are so comfortable with voting for X, Y, and Z, but then they pay no property taxes. So that's no no wonder why. Yeah, like. But yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. It's the podcast is revisionist history, and the episode is called "A Walk Ruined." And, and no beer left behind. As very well. insightful. We this earlier. It was also very insightful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That whole podcast, though, revisionist history is a very, very good podcast. I spent, I spent the last great alternate ways of thinking of about historical consequences. I spent the yeah, last and, two Ma- weeks. and Malcolm Gladwell is a good dude. He yeah, he's done. Yeah, uh, well, he interviewed Gucci Mane, and you guys should check out that interview too for NPR. Nice, Malcolm Gladwell interviewing Gucci Mane. It's like hilarious. Yeah, we got to hear that. So, um, Brian, y'all want to do a beer count real quick? Yeah, let's do a quick beer count. And additionally, I want to ask you about a a beer. Okay, okay. I'm gonna play beer count now. Hear ye, hear ye, 
It's time for a beer count. Listen to this track. Beers. Oh, shit, I always catch his mouth guard. That's really the only reason I want to play that fucking that drop. Uh, Villain, what, uh, what beer are you up to? Uh, well, I we were in such nice conversation. I finished my first, haven't started another one, but I think I'm about to go snag one real quick while you guys see your beer count. Okay. Frank, what are you up to? I am on beer number two uh, for the cast, which would mean three for the evening. Mm. I have we back to those month. days? <laughs> huh? Are we back to those days where we start talking about beers that we had like when we got off work on our way home? I had a road. Oh no, no, no! I, 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 I was having one like while we were discussing the cast. Okay, all right, fair, 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 fair. So it it'd be three if the cast started on time. Let me put it that ah, way. <laughs> I see. Um. So yeah, they've all been high point. Or sorry, high sign from Bastrop, which is really Austin because it's on the Bastrop Highway, not quite, and it's fucked up. Like, Bastrop is just past the airport. Why can't this just be Bastrop? I don't understand, because they're also past the airport. I hate the word, right now I hate the word Bastrop. That's that's what I hate. (laughs) Terrible. This whole thing is is just, it's stupid. Shut it down. um, Shut it down, Highline. Yeah, shut shut it it down, down. move it high, sign. Um, So, sorry. Another Seamus, I'm going to finish with their IPA, and we should do a review on that one, because it looks fairly, uh, I don't know. Dark? It's it, Yeah, I haven't cracked it, though, so I don't know why I'm discussing its looks. The okay. label is cool. The, I, I, I'm mainly talking about that. The label is pretty cool. Um, so, oh, God. let's see how it goes. I'm sorry. Let's see how it goes. My dog is in the room with me, and he just ripped a fart, and... It is, it is disgusting. I I don't know. Oh my god, it's so bad. Okay, I'm on beer number three. God, my eyes are watering. Uh, god, um, it's I'm drinking my uh, my next Alo Ikbin Berliner Weiss. Um, earlier I had the blueberry. Right now I'm actually drinking the watermelon. Ooh, I I felt pretty privileged that uh, Lone Star Beverage there in Carrollton had two different Alo Ikbins uh, a couple weeks ago when I went by. But I've been doing the old Cicerone retake, so I've been trying to drink classic beer styles, not been trying to wreck my palate. So figured tonight let's uh, let's open up the throttle and let them ponies trot. Yeah, let them trot. <laughs> you fed them all at breakfast. It, it smells like fucking rotten pork. That's what's coming out of my oh, dog's ass no, right now. No, that's terrible. Don't want to hear that. Uh, Damn. My dog's laying on top like of my dryer at the moment. No, no, no. Not the beard. My dog's butt. Why did you smell your dog's butt? I d- he, you? He's he flapping. He's right up there in the butthole. He's just passing gas, man. Uh, Brian, it's a little suspicious that you don't have your camera on and you're I, seeing all the shit. So earlier when I was sharing my screen... I went to unshare my screen, and my webcam failed, and we were starting the podcast, oh, and I didn't bitch. want to restart Google Hangouts. So Summon them a bitch. Fair. We're here. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Frank, what, what were you wanting to talk about? Uh, yeah, so in the beer out? world, um, there seems to be this new trend of artificial coloring. Okay. I, I'm, I'm familiar. 
Yeah, what is that business all about? Like, who who actually goes, hey, I don't want an amber-flavored, I don't know, I guess bubblegum beer? I, why would a beer be blue-flavored or blue-colored? <laughs> like Blue-flavored. I'm going to let that yeah. sink in for a second. So, okay, if you remember back to episode 100, Gang Hits the Century Mark, I poured a homebrew that I had made. come on. How, do you, how are you doing that? How am I doing what? recalling it that specifically it was this episode and i was drinking this beer because he was talking about what he was brewing because you should just just wait and i'll let you know so we were on with manhattan project uh and i had made i had just carbonated and poured my blue cream ale and turned out more purple than blue but admittedly but it's still it was still a color a color edition I, I wanted to brew a beer that looked different than an average cream ale, but tasted like an average cream ale. That same want and desire, it kind of goes through a lot of brewers' heads. So someone wants to do a bright pink IPA, do it up, do it with hibiscus, and use some... Uh, 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 what the fuck am I trying to... It's complimentary hops <laughs> to uh, hibiscus edition, and make yourself an IPA, go to town. Somebody wants to make a blue goza, goes ahead and do it. It's it's more of a an ability, or it's more of a I can do this more than I should do this. Does that make sense? Like, look what I can do rather than look what I did. I, I, I get that, but it's it it borders on green like green Bud Light for St. Patrick's Day to me. So it's just if, unnecessary. Well, and that's it, dude. Think about what craft beer is today. It's 100% unnecessary. You don't need it for survival. You don't need it to like stand out. You don't need local beer. There's enough beer produced regionally and nationally to satisfy every drinking person's needs. But you can have something that's made down the street. Let's fucking have it. Does it taste good? I don't know. We'll see whenever whenever it hits our lips. And that's what it kind of boils down to. That's what craft beer is today in general. Is it good? Is that a good like way to approach the business? No, not at all. But it's if it if it reaches or if it meets a demand that people don't even know that they have at the time, why not? Let's fucking do it. Okay. I see. I, mean, you, I, I, know. I think it's. I think it's weird, but it one hundred percent is weird, and that's again what sets craft beer apart. It is open fermented rustic ales. It's a kombucha brewed at a at a at a beer brewery. It's. Uh, it's all just iterating on the same thing, trying to see what you can do with it, and how that's just how something it's, evolves. And, and it's, it's like, yeah, it's alive and growing. That's how American IPAs were produced. Like that's how it became a style. They weren't a style before the mid '90s. Like people weren't throwing a shit ton of hops in a beer, and like producing it at a at scale. They were throwing in minimal amounts of hops early on for bittering and then like a small dose of East Kent Goldings at the end and calling it an English pale ale. And everybody's like, mm, it's so good. Meanwhile, Sierra Nevada was throwing in a fuck ton of hops. And they were like, this shit tastes amazing. <laughs> Let's do it. I, I, it's one of those things where color is a bit of a dividing line. Because most colors that brewers use don't invoke any flavors or evoke flavors, uh, it's seen as like superfluous. Like, there's no reason to do this. A brewer a few months back made a sparkle beer. Brian, are, do you have a word bank tonight? No, I don't. I'm just <laughs> a little bit tipsy. I've been, I've been sure. drinking a lot tonight. Superfluous and evoke. 
in the same sentence, really. You're welcome. <laughs> He's just very like he. I'm tuned he in. He knows right exactly now. what he wants to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm tuned that's in right just now. How passionate Brian is about this topic. It, it so seemed though, it seemed as though he was taking a test on colored beers, and someone said, "Use the following words." Frank like, used the this word blank. blank and blank, and he put evoke. He knows it so well that he's able to, like, recall the knowledge and That's focus right. on the shaping the vocabulary. And yeah, and superfluously use the words. <laughs> it it's really in such a way. It's phenomenal. It's phenoms. So, I, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, Sparkle Beer. Someone made a, a production uh, production level batch so of weird. sparkle beer with food grade or you know edible glitter oh ah. whoa uh it's absolutely creepy I mean, when you looked at it in the glass you're like this is not i'm not supposed to be drinking this it looks like some fucked up lava lamp situation <laughs> that's going on here uh, i'm not supposed to be drinking this <laughs> they're gonna face a class action in a few years <laughs> right? like... cancer everyone got cancer <laughs> No, but it's one of those like they did it. It was food safe, but we ordered it from China. China, China. This new bit of information is found out five years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It suddenly makes sparkle beer like the most dangerous <laughs> thing you've ever. Yeah, it's like it's lawn darts. Than- Everybody had fun until someone got impaled. It's worse than battery acid. Oh, speaking of lawn darts and beer, Frank. Funny you should mention that. There is a brewery that makes a lawn dart beer. Now, hear me out. It is a, it's like a, a blonde ale or a, like a Kolsch variant. So it's easy to drink. But the purpose of it is you buy like a 12 pack of it and you read the can to play lawn darts. You take a regular dart, you walk outside with your, with your buddy, you put the can on the ground. Now, it says on the ground, people on Instagram are putting it between their feet sitting in lawn chairs. And you take your dart. And you throw it at the other person's can. So you th- your opponent has got their can sitting on the ground as well. You throw it at their can, and wherever it hits, you have to, like, if you stick a dart in the you know middle of the can, you have to drink the beer down to that dart hole in the can. And you keep playing until someone's beer is empty. Does that make sense? <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. I mean, it's... Uh, it's a dangerous drinking game to play. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good way so, to lose a fucking toe. <laughs> What's the brewery? And, I, I, uh, honestly, I don't remember. It's something uh, like, okay. I don't know, odd odd side ales or some bullshit like that. I don't oh, know. Fair enough. Okay, so it's not... So, like, scary. how the fuck could they possibly be protecting themselves from, like... Lawsuits? Yeah. They just said put it on the ground. If you put it between your feet, it's your own fault. Oh, my gosh. That's interesting. I mean, tis what it is. You know what I mean? It's so hardcore. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like some shit that every every fraternity bro would have done. Yeah. Good talk. Yeah. Good talk, yeah, guys. No, Good really- talk. Uh, uh, speaking uh, of beer, I did... Uh, it was Duclaw Brewing. They make the Lawn Dart beer. It's a German-style Pilsner. Okay. Uh, anyway... So, I, oh, go ahead. No, so... Okay, so, Willem, I don't know that we got your beer count... Uh, so yeah, we did. I'm, I've started a second, uh, second beer now. Okay. Sorry. I do remember that now. So the, what I, what I actually wanted to discuss was a little bit of this, uh, 
uh, border crossing business if we can. Oh, Christ. The shit that doesn't happen, it never happens. It didn't happen. Are are we okay with, like, kind of discussing it? Maybe just a tad? I I don't want to make it, like, apocalyptic, but... Sounds like you're making it a thing. It is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a thing. Definitely a thing. Honestly, it's one of those things that it's... For the reason I don't even want to talk about it is because it really should just go without saying. <laughs> like, there's this is ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. It's obvious. It's super obvious. Even like, even people, a lot of people on the right are even like, dude, like this is fucked. <laughs> so you're talking about Frank. You're talking about uh, people crossing the border into America and being uh, captured by. Immigration Nationalization Services or uh, Immigration Custom Custom Enforcement. And if there is a child that is uh, put into custody, the child is separated from their parental units Mm -hmm. and kept separately in uh, what amounts to giant dog cages. Let's call it uh, No Child Left with Mom. That's the No Child Left with Mom. That's the Stephen Miller policy to a T. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you heard me complaining about Stephen Miller a long fucking time ago. Yeah, uh, being no, a Nosferatu mean, looking been, fuck. Been, he's been a like a gnat on everybody's fucking ass for the last seven, eighteen months. Well, he's burrowed um, deep into that nuts, like into the skin in between the nutsack and the and the thigh. Just dug to the in point of deep. where people forgot about him. Mm-hmm. But he has poked up his vampirish looking face. Uh, to implement the old policy. And this is allegedly he wrote the policy. Uh, the the, the zero, old innocent kid from Malibu. Yeah, the C-plus Santa Monica fascist uh, yeah, Stephen Miller. He's a shit motherfucker. He, uh, he wrote the policy, the zero tolerance policy, uh, basically enforcing that if someone gets stopped trying to cross the border, that they are separated and held in custody until they see a trial, no matter what. So, so what is the what's what's the alternate line that gets taken? Just so we can get that out there too. Oh, the alternate line of this is an Obama era law that we're following now. We're just enforcing the laws. Yeah, the claim and like it's our it's been on those. I, I've also heard it's been on the books since Clinton. So, yeah, which you know, is inherently there? untrue because uh, General Kelly went on in like what March. When he was still in the uh, administration, and on Wolf Blitzer, yeah, not like some friendly conservative. He he answered a question and he went hard on the fact that like no, we're rewriting the zero tolerance policy to make it to where you get locked up if you are caught crossing the border. Yeah. Okay. Good. No matter for no matter why, like for whatever reason, you I'm, get. I'm good that it, I'm glad that that's it's been like. You know, don't like get this right, kind of deal. Oh yeah, no, because we follow follow everything to a T. Yeah, here in America, you know, where we really focus on the truth and uh, and what's right and, and what's know, right. That. They yeah. really truly care about like justice and people, uh, people of all colors, as long as they're white, creeds, nationalities. All it's that it's so incredible how over the last few years it's like come out like the true face, you know, like dude, <laughs> not the bullshit that's been stewing under the surface. 
it's kind of fucking terrifying. Uh, but at the same time, if you ask any people of color, they're like, yeah, no, no shit. This has been going on for a exactly. long fucking time. Like, like, yeah, we fucking told you. It's basically <laughs> what you'll hear like 90% of the time. But, you know, it's funny because – so Villain can attest to this. Coming from South Africa – this is something in our family that we've discussed for a long, long time. Yeah, like, we, like, we knew, because we came from that. <laughs> there is such a large undercurrent of racism in the society that gets justified. And, Brian, you've heard me say this since we've met. Is like, people feel comfortable referring to other people as they and them, and, like, these 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 things that are racist and are hateful but are acceptable because we're not um, in the presence of individuals that aren't white, essentially. Um, They're just derogatory and wrong, and unfortunately, these people have never had to face any consequences for those actions, and that's partially on um, other white people, but also very much on... Um, the fact that the 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 innuendos aren't fully understood up until now, but it's become very very clear that if you sit in the presence of anybody that feels comfortable like comfortable enough to refer to another race as them and they, or feels comfortable enough to refer to them in a derogatory manner, that is a piece of shit person. Like it just is what it is. There is no longer. Um, an undercurrent of racism in America. There is racism, and there is not racism. And if you're comfortable with that <clears throat> undercurrent talk, what we called it before, then you're part of the problem. Unfortunately, like you, you racist should be scared to voice these opinions. Um, we should be very afraid of um, individuals who are. Uh, what I would call like modern day Zionists in a manner, and I know Zionists speak to to people who like um, specifically associate with with Judaism and and Israel being the homeland and whatnot. But there, there maybe we call them American Zionists. But these people who believe that there is this version of America that is just ultimately um, an impenetrable opinion that. Um, involves individuals mostly, if not fully, of the um, white tone of the spectrum of skin colors and um, the minimal involvement of those who are slightly not of that skin tone. They're called Um, nationalists. Yeah, through the end of time, they're not called nationalists. They're called fucking racists. I'm well, sorry. no, no, that's like, what they, that's, that's that's and what I've noticed is that's a theme that goes throughout the world right now. Is yeah. whether they're Russian nationalists or they're South African no, nationalists they're or whatever it racist. is, they're they're goddamn racists. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking bullshit. And I'm, I mean, you, I called you in the night of the elections, and I called all those people racists, and there was like everybody was sort of like backing off. Maybe they're not. They're just distraught. And it's bullshit. There's no, there is no society or no situation where it is acceptable to, to like, deconstruct another human's ability to be at your level. And that is what these people do on a daily basis. They try to demean people. Um, there's always a reason why the parents shouldn't have brought the child to America. 
Well, motherfucker, have you ever thought the situation that they must have found themselves in to leave their country? Everything no. they've ever known. No, no because in this political uh, climate specifically, and they still fucking did it. Like exactly, it's some incredible ass shit. So and 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 these aren't people who 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 have ever bothered to understand what the immigration process is like. They don't understand that you get your asshole turned inside out. They don't understand that you go down this entire path not knowing your status until the very end where they go, oh, you can come to this big ceremony celebration at your local fucking YMCA so you can get sworn in. They don't get that it it is, it is, a, it is a, 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 a... It's a process with minimal reward for most people, but those people see that reward is everything. Right. And that is what matters. And you as a, as an American citizen, lucky enough to be born here. If you can't see the sacrifices that people are willing to make for a fucking ceremony in front of a judge at the fucking YMCA, then you're a piece of shit. Like that is just what it is. There's, there's no, I don't care what sort of, Christianity justification you've got for your beliefs and how you ended up possibly supporting or not supporting Donald Trump, if you don't hold this one true thing steadfast, that immigrants deserve a fair shake and that when they arrive at the border seeking asylum, they are not illegal, they're following a process, then just fuck you. I've got just zero time for you. Here's what kills me. Crazy assholes like Franklin Graham have even stepped out and said what you said, Frank, which is like you can't treat people like this. And that yeah. dude's an asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he he's he's that type of asshole that justifies his assholeish behavior with bastardizations of the Bible. Like, I've, I've that's a different yeah. kind of asshole together. And even he was like, "None for me, thanks." You got to treat immigrants like normal people when they come into this well, fucking country. No need to worry. The Keebler elf went up there and did it for him. So it doesn't well, really so matter. and then then Sarah Cuntby Sanders decided to shill back on the behalf of uh, Jeff Sessions, like we have to follow the law to a T. All right, dickhead, you really want to get into biblical law? Do you? Do you? Because if that's the case. Uh, then we send all women uh, who are on their on their period. We send them out of the city uh, to make sure that uh, they keep away from the men folk. Um, let's make sure we wipe lamb's blood all over our doorsteps, lest our youngest child be uh, taken from the home. Um, let's see. I mean, we can keep going on Old Testament style, but that's not the purpose of the fucking Bible, now, is it? No, it is. It is a fucking code of which to live by, not a goddamn set of rules to enforce upon people who don't live and don't acknowledge that that book is the end-all, be-all. Like, that's kind of the whole fucking point of this country. It's not even just that. Like, it's it's the, well, the if, willful, like, <clears throat> disinformation campaign. That's, uh, that's what that, I was going to say. The, the, that is happening to justify it. Like, I, I don't care if you truly believe that the best way to defend this country is ripping kids away from their moms, which is what's happening, putting them in cages, then you you get to believe that. And I also get to call you a piece of shit. But you don't get to come and tell me that what they're actually experiencing is akin to American daycare for a couple (laughs) days. Like, fuck you, Laura Ingram. Like, no one's got time for your fucking shitty attitude. When it's eight months, at least. Like, trained actors... 
Like, oh, that fucking horse shit! Fuck is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> so like, ridiculous. So, dude, like, I did see that line taken in some comments. Like, oh, like we were clothing him and feeding him and giving him a place to stay. And I'm like, I literally had to respond to this comment and be like, "Yo, I sure hope no one fucking clothes <laughs> and feeds and." Uh, <laughs> You know, but houses your kids without, you know, against your will, motherfucker. Like, what the hell are you talking about here? No, and, 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 and the you have lines... absolutely ran yourself into a circular, <laughs> circular shitstorm. Yeah. You are like. It's a shit hurricane. At that point in life. Like, you are weaving and, like, just absolutely navigating. Like I would need a <laughs> GPS to fucking find my way around your mind. I think like, there was a, there was a you're like weaving this shit. There was a absolutely. line. There was, and, and, uh, and it's 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 such it. an insultingly like basic argument that everybody knew would be generated by the shit storm. That and was. That was, and the sh- that is the shocking part. Like everybody knew it, but then they fucking did it. Like I and people bought into it. <laughs> and people, people bought it. Like I, I every one hundred percent, one hundred percent sat there, and I was like, oh, they're gonna call these kids actors. And then Ann Coulter came on, and she was like, boom. And I, I just for 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 a, a good five minutes, just sat there, and I was like, I cannot believe that worked. Do you and guys she remember, wasn't fired instantly. Do you remember in history class, in, you know, when you learned about history and you learned about the Nazis and shit and you were like, man, like, how the fuck does something like that happen? No, I said, this is a construct of the mass media. And this we're like, fuck, this, well, this fine, never happened. I mean, like, but like when you were like, <laughs> you know, the first, you learn about it pretty young. And you're like, that's crazy. Like thinking about the world that you're living in. And I don't know. I just like... It's just watching it kind of happen is mind blowing. I I I am speechless, and 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 my mind is blown by every single situation that people describe. Okay, like situations where kids with Down syndrome get separated from their parents. Could you imagine a kid that doesn't even understand their current state within their societal structure getting pulled away? An eight-month-old kid who's still on breast milk getting pulled away from the mom. Like, these are things that are inhumane. The Human Rights Council of the United Nations has every single right to... to and, and America has the right to pull out, but fine. Fuck it, man. It's like pulling out once you've impregnated a chick. It's all fucking done. Like, you're being a fucking dick. So um, America pulls out of the Human Rights Council, but it's only because you, they're they spoke violating America. Like, there's yeah. no... Yeah, okay, so what's the standard of proof here? You, you for years, have used that fucking council against every nation known to man to justify bombings and everything, and all of a sudden say, they come out against you, and all of a sudden now it's a big deal. Fuck you. Um, it is infuriating. And then you watch people being pulled out of jails, literally telling you, I don't need to go back to Honduras. I promise you they will kill me. You don't need to send me back to Honduras. Keep me in an American jail. I would like to be in an American jail. I would like to have my day in court. Do not yeah. send me back to Honduras. And there are four men pulling this man out of a prison. He 
doesn't need to be pulled out of. Like, give him his day. If he doesn't claim asylum, send him back. But at least give him a chance. Like, what? what is this? What policy? This is not a policy. Do you guys realize, like, that we're all going to be judged by this? Like, yeah. In, in the future. Like, yep. it doesn't matter that we're talking about this shit on this podcast or you know, how we feel, how against it we are. Like, we are the American people that are allowing this to happen. But this is, this gets me to my second point, which is what is also shameful is the fact that it, so there's this protest on on the 30th of June, which is not fucking soon enough. Like, the protests, if if this is what it's like, imagine when when Trump fires Mueller, (laughs) right? Like, what the fuck are we doing here, people? Why why are you not in the streets this entire weekend? I, I will go downtown Austin this weekend to find a protest, and I hope there is one. Y- you should be in the fucking streets. Like, this is as bad as it gets for people. And if you're not there, then you're the next people. I was going to say, if you it's not wait a- till the 30th of June, these people are gone. They will have cleaned this shit up, and they're gone, and then they moved on. So if it takes two weeks to do this shit, then you're as culpable for it as the next person. Like, it cannot take two weeks to plan an impromptu protest with a stage, some fucking speakers, a mic, and people. It just cannot. That's fucking unacceptable. Is my mic working? Yeah, it is. Sorry. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. The, the, to your point of the, you're next, you're fucking, you're goddamn right you are. Because whether it is, <laughs> you, you're, you've seen... Here's the fucking stepping stones that we've seen in the last year and a half. It has been the fucking leader of this country getting pissed off at black people for not standing for the for the national anthem. Fuck you. That's not how this works. You can't get pissed off at people for not doing what you think is right. That's not what you get to do. Step two is fucking taking advantage of the least, <laughs> the people with the absolute least Outlook like the lowest outlook on life. You fucking kick them while they're the farthest down. They're escaping their fucking home to try to make anything better for their family. And you're fucking taking their family away from them for that decision. Fuck you. Next, next, you want to talk about next, what next looks like. So in the acceleration of the shit that we're living through, it doesn't go just immigrant to all of us. No, it, that's that's impossible. No, no one would stand for that, especially people with AR-15s, because those are more precious than fucking people with brown skin. So what we focus on next are going to be people who don't have lifestyles like ours. So you guys want to talk about the Pulse nightclub and uh, how we just had that one-year anniversary that no one fucking remembered, or I guess two-year anniversary that no one fucking remembered? Um, yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about that. What it looks like to be a uh, uh, an LGBTQA like member in this in this country uh, with old General Beauregard Sessions not not giving a fuck about you and still leading a fucking a drive to either not protect your rights, uh, not protect you as a fucking human being, and or punish you for being a human being in this country. You, you, and if you think that it is, that is, that's ridiculous, Brian. That shit would never happen. You can simply look at Mother Russia and see how that shit is taking place today. Tell me that, like, uh, in nineteen in the nineteen eighties, it was illegal to be a homosexual in Russia. However, today it is completely legal to be a homosexual. You can be you as long as you're not you in public. 
in that case, you will get the shit beat out of you by some ultra right wing fucking Russian nationalists who don't want you there. And, and with absolutely the, no recourse. And the police will do absolutely nothing to protect you. Yeah. So that's step three. You guys want to take a step, take a guess on what step four is? Because it involves people who are not white. <laughs> it's, or at least people yeah. who are not wealthy enough to, uh, to donate to the Trump Foundation that is a fucking uh, a cesspool of uh, government corruption and uh, just blatant lies. But you know what? That's the least of our worries, right, people? I mean, we've got right, fucking let, the let's wrap. the NBA draft is coming up this week. Let's focus on that and the next round of fucking people who are going to get, I don't know, taken for... Well, I guess the NBA draft is way better than the NFL draft, right? At least they get paid yeah, a decent wage their yeah. rookie year. Well, it's not... Well, okay. Everybody gets paid minimum wage in pro sport. <laughs> but, the, yeah, what you're dealing with there is a guaranteed salary for the entire length of the contract. I think, it, it, all in all, like, this is this is about being human. Yes. It is not about... It, it really, honestly, isn't about whether or not you believe that immigrants should be here. Um give immigrants a fair shot at making their case. And if you truly believe asylum and legal immigration is a travesty and refugees are a travesty and you go to church, I would strongly recommend that you reconsider um, any basis of your belief in any religion uh, because it just simply is unfounded. Um, And then secondarily, if if, if you truly believe that these people are – rapists and violent and and I don't know what the fuck else. MS-13. And You're missing MS-13. All of MS-13. Them. The Salvadorian I, gang. Dude, they're going to take over, man. you got to be really <laughs> fucking careful. It's I like, just... they have thousands of cells all over the fucking country just ready to explode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I would just, I would just, to those people, suggest that if 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 that is honestly in your heart of hearts what you believe... Then it, it just dig a hole and don't stop until you get to fucking the molten core of the earth because it nothing nothing on the surface is better than what we've got to offer here. Like it just it just isn't. Like go go find your safe space and then I guess suffocate because there, there is nothing on earth that will satisfy you. Yeah, people risk life and limb to come to this country. Yeah, and like is we- unacceptable. We're just like here and we don't appreciate it. And we're frankly bored with life so much that we like try to find things in the world to like worry ourselves about and like be like freaked out about for no fucking reason. It's the uh, South Park um, thought process of I'm just going to bury my head in the sand and not think about this until it's all blown over. That's it's like yeah, really what it boils down to. Like it doesn't affect me and my family. I'm just gonna put my head in the sand and not listen to it because it's gonna. It only makes me feel bad. Fuck you. It should make you feel bad, asshole. Do something about it. Get out and goddamn vote for someone who feels the same way that you do. Don't vote for someone who's just a fucking dick who will continue this. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> vote for someone who thinks like you. Uh, the uh, the M- NBLB motto of don't be a dick should resonate <clears throat> through all of our candidates in 2018. And um, as we wrap tonight, 
I hope we've gotten through to uh, at least someone out there to uh, motivate them to, I don't know, at least talk to a co-worker. You know, that real weird one who uh, likes to wear stupid red hats with white writing on it? And talk to them. Not in a way of like, hey, let's be friends, but in the way of like, hey, piece of shit, what's up with you? What are you doing this weekend? Probably killing babies. You know, talk to them like that. Something real productive. Anyway. Once you get that out of the way, you should definitely go over and check out all of our social media pages because that's the next thing you do is go onto Facebook and Twitter and talk shit on people. While you're talking shit on people, be sure to uh, subscribe to us over on Twitter and Instagram at No Beer Left Cast, where you find all of them freshest beer updates, uh, all the garbage can Brian picks, all of the random uh, thoughtful Frank tweets, and the ridiculous Brian retweets. <laughs> Over on Twitter, and uh, you know what? You'll just you'll just enjoy yourself. I promise you. Be sure to rate and review us over on iTunes, because uh, God knows we need the exposure. Get us out there. Tell a friend. We would appreciate it. Uh, as for Brian here in North Texas, until the next time when you hear my lovely voice, remember: don't be a dick. I'm out. Later, y'all. Uh, thanks for listening if you made it this far. And yeah, just check out all our ish and leave us some reviews on iTunes because those help. And uh, yeah, Bill Mental sum up. Frank's muted Frank's on his. So on his, he's, <laughs> he's literally got himself muted on his computer. The, the not his microphone. This, this is beautiful. Guy. Look at Son him. Of a bitch. Okay, there it for is. Frank <laughs> in Austin. Uh, yeah, I think the don't be a dick motto is, is huge. And also, um, uh, I guess if you're still a Christian and you support this shit, really reevaluate what you do with your life. I'm out. Burr!